It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Rajkapalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello, and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast, where we explore the omni-channel digital journey of brands and retailers. I'm your co-host, PVSB, and when I'm not podcasting, I'm Partnership Acceleration Lead at Flywheel Digital. We're recording today's episode from sunny Miami, Florida, at the 2023 Possible event being held at the majestic Fontainebleau Hotel. If you're not familiar with Possible, it's an immersive and engaging celebration, brimming with content dedicated to future-thinking marketers, combined with innovation and emerging technologies. The CPG guys want to give a special thanks to Albertson's Media Collective for providing us with space inside of their private suite for us to record content at this event. Before we get to our guest, I want to remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com, 
where you can find links to our podcast on all major and minor podcast platforms. And if you're not already doing so, please follow us on LinkedIn, where we publish new content each and every day of the week, even on weekends. Please also subscribe to the other podcasts in our collective, including the FMCG Guys, CPG Scoop, and the newest edition, CPG Guys Fast Forward, starring our very own Brian Gildenberg. We're also proud to be sponsors of Next Up, formerly Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace. At supporter level sponsors of Next Up, we are afforded 50 memberships, which Brian, Shree, and I are looking to allocate to female entrepreneurs or women working at companies that are not currently partnering with Next Up. If you'd like to avail yourself of a membership in Next Up, email us at contact at cpgguys.com. The digital liner notes of this episode contain hyperlinks to our site. The other collective podcast sites, our LinkedIn page, and of course, our landing page on NextUp's site. So without any further ado, let's get to our guest. If you're a loyal listener of this podcast, you're familiar that a frequent company represented in our episodes is, in fact, Albertsons Media Collective, the retail media division of Albertsons Companies. They're back with us today, and they've sent us an entirely new person to face the CPG guy's gauntlet. I'm just kidding. Uh, she's the recently promoted VP of Engineering, leading a team that is building innovative ad tech capabilities to, to deliver scalable, market-leading ad products with a privacy-first approach. Her leadership and the dedication she instills in her team allows Albertsons Media Collective to provide the products and services necessary to meet the growing needs of their clients. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast, Sravanthi Mupidi. Sravanthi, welcome. How are you doing today? Doing great, Peter. Thank you for having me here. Oh, we're so excited. You are actually our first engineering lead to join the podcast. So we can't wait to get in to talk about kind of like how the sausage is made, so to speak, <laughs> in the background. So um, it's really great to be with you here, particularly we're here in Miami. And it was so kind of Albertsons Media Collective to give us some space in your suite to do podcast recording. So we're really uh we're really excited. Before we get to the questions I prepared, I'd love for you to remind our audience, what is Albertsons Media Collective and specifically your team, what you do to support um, the, this platform that enables brands to connect with Albertsons customers? Sure. Uh, and the pressure is on. You said I was the first <laughs> engineering lead You're on the show. You're setting the standard. <laughs> You're setting the bar. So this is Ex good. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so Albertsons Media Collective is the in-house media network for Albertsons. Albertsons used to uh, outsource uh, all of our media uh, to an agency. And uh, about an year ago, we brought everything in-house. So we started building the platform to monetize our media. Um, so Albertsons Media Collective is about a year old right now, mm -hmm. uh, doing the into the media business, helping the brands grow with us. Uh, and uh, the, your next question about how is my team helping it? So my team is uh, the technology division for Albertsons Media Collective, building the solutions, as you indicated, in a privacy first approach. Um, to uh, enable the media business um, in, in a in a partnership oriented way, we call ourselves Co-op Garden. So we're looking at partnership based approach uh, with building and partnering with uh, ad tech vendors okay. to help uh, solve the media uh, media technology problem for retailers. 
That's great. Thank you for that, Cervanti. Um, we're going to include in the digital liner notes of this episode, since about 90 plus percent of people listen on their mobile app, we're going to include a link to your LinkedIn profile to Albertsons Media Collective's LinkedIn page and to Albertsons Media Collective's website. So people don't have to write this all down. They don't have to figure out how <laughs> to spell names or, or company names or whatever. They can just go to the digital liner notes and click the hyperlink and everything will be really easy. Awesome. So thank you. Uh, let's get to the questions. Uh, I'm going to start with a little bit of background. So you have been spending the last 14 or so years of your career deeply rooted in retailer capabilities. Would you start by sharing with our audience uh, some of the pivotal roles you ha held where you developed skills that have prepared you for leading this engineering team at Albertsons Media Collective? Good question, Peter. I uh, it, I have to go down the memory lane. So I did uh, digital marketing technologies for Macy's, my prior employer, for about 11 years, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that um, I was uh, almost uh, all of my career as an engineering leader I actually had the whole suite of software development lifecycle. I, I, you name it, I've done the role, actually. Okay. So I did release engineering, program management, engineering for uh, uh, development cycle for uh, uh, Macy's. But what is, uh, what is funny is I landed into the collective in a very, uh, very tricky way, I would say. I used to handle site monetization for Macy's. We okay. used to call them site monetization, which is nothing but a pre primary retail media network step for retailers. Mm -hmm. So I handled their loyalty platform, promotions, offers, all of digital marketing, um, both MarTech and the regular marketing solutions for uh, Macy's. And part of that was site monetization, where we said, like, we uh, we partnered with Critio, and Critio used to be our network, and we just uh, outsourced all of this to Critio. And then all we did was monetize the assets. So um, when I came to Albertsons Media Collective, to uh, it was for loyalty, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting part is, like, I interviewed for uh, their head of loyalty. And then in the conversation with one of the interviewers, I was sharing my experience as, uh, you know, technology, a head of technology for digital marketing. And I was talking about, hey, we like we have pricing model of CPM. We do the site monetization. We partner with Critio. And he just stopped me and he said, like, we have this amazing thing called shopper marketing that we are starting to in-house in, in yeah. Albertsons. And I'm like, I have no clue what that means. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then he said, like, you don't have to just like, why? don't you join Just us. trust me. Come on over. Oh, wow. So you're talking like, about cost per thousand and all of a sudden the next thing you know, they're drawing you in to this new retail media Exactly. Adventure. Exactly. And I was like, for the record, I have no clue of ad tech except for CPM being cost per thousand <laughs> impressions. There you go. And CPC being cost per clicks. Except for that, I have no clue into advertising. But then I do have a very good understanding of the digital marketing, sure. uh, which is like uh, owned and operated. So they say like, uh, no, 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 it would be great. That's all we need. And we started it as shopper marketing and eventually became the in-house retail media network, which is now the third wave of digital advertising. That's great, Cervanti. So um, now let's move into what you're doing at Albertsons. Um, our first guest from Albertsons Media Collective was your colleague, Evan Havorka, the VP of Product and Innovation. Love to know how, because he's the guy who, as I understand, goes out and figures out these partnerships. What are kind of the, 
different solutions that are possible. How do you interact with his group in prioritizing developing and delivering the actual commercial ad tech solutions that are presented to the brands looking to connect with customers at Albertsons? Um, so Evan is a head of product, as you indicated. So I think one of the biggest advantages for Albertsons Media Collective is a partnership that the product and engineering has established. Mm-hmm. I think it would, uh, I would call it one of the best product engineering partnerships I have ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in general, uh, normally product goes and figures out, hey, what do I want to do? What uh, of the problem? And then engineering comes and says, how of the problem? How am I going to solve that problem? But um, here, uh, I think engineering has a seat at the table in terms of thinking about uh, the collaboratively thinking about the what and product has a say in how as well. That is one of the major differences I see uh, as a partnership from product engineering at Albertsons Media Collective, which actually has given us a very um very important step in uh, in the journey of ad tech because as you know this things are changing like by day yep. like you probably have something yesterday and today it's like all all of a sudden what did i do uh, yep. why did it so it's at an, like digital advertising in itself isn't it at an inflection point and this throwing over the wall of hey i figured out a problem can you go solve it does not work anymore and especially mm. in the agile world so it, uh, the, i feel like we perfectly figured out a way of working together where we go together um, to understand how the industry is changing market analysis and you know where do we want to uh, go build or buy uh, the solutions and it's a collective um, it's a collective understanding and the other thing i feel is very important for this uh, partnership is ideas um, are Ideas are everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Ideas come from every mm-hmm. every person, uh, every individual in the organization. So we have established this uh, uh, process of ideation where we are saying open for all. We have a labs concept at Albertsons Media Collective where Evan and I, um, we partner to say, hey, there is this way of bringing ideas to the table. Here is how you do it. Here is how we curate and prioritize. And everybody gets, uh, gets to bring their idea to the table. And we think about, hey, is this financially viable? Is it feasible in terms of of uh, existing ecosystem, right? Normally what mm-hmm. happens is when you do not think about the ecosystem in general, does yep. it fit into my existing technology solution? It becomes a Frankenstein, right? Okay. It's, a, it's a completely fragmented ecosystem. It's a completely uh, disconnected, siloed experience. So what we make sure is the ideas are brought to the table with no inhibitions, but we also make sure that it fits into the existing ecosystem of technologies that we brought in. So it becomes a cohesive, um, cohesive technology stack. I love the fact that you and you and Evan partner to do this because I think what that yields is not uh, an expectation of um, here. Here's the solution we're we're going to deliver. Now it's your problem to figure out whether one it's feasible and two whether it is appropriately monetizable. And so the fact that you're walking hand in hand through this journey says to me you're able to build meaningful solutions, which kind of plays into my next question for you. Uh, Evan introduced the concept to our audience of Albertsons Media Collective's late mover advantage in delivering what he described as a best-in-class suite of ad tech solutions. How have you worked with him to go out and actually identify what constitutes best-in-class out in the industry? Yeah, I think uh, the one of the bigger things I feel, uh, I also come in with no ad tech background, which means I also add to the late mover advantage, I uh. feel. 
<laughs> it's like it's mutual mutual late over advantage both for the collective and for myself so i think the major uh, advantage is having a green field of uh, technology suit like you're not mm-hmm. redoing and relearning the fact that hey what have we we built in a technology the privacy came in i have to rebuild this i have to figure out how it impacts instead i think we have come into the uh, construct of building the ad tech with the changing landscape and also mm-hmm. it's a green field as i said and um uh, one of the bigger bigger things that um, the late mover advantage brings us is being able to understand the evolving technologies in the construct of the privacy and also being able to fit it in into the regular norm rather than redoing everything that we have built as i indicated um i think right now the major challenge for the ad tech industry is figuring out how do i uh, move in a cookieless world how do i uh, how do i bring the approach of uh, of a future focused landscape mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so as we entered into this evan and i were looking at the technology solutions and ad tech partners that are actually future focused um, they they have a road map that actually talks about how am i going to handle a cookieless world okay. how am i going to handle yeah. a consent based world right yes. like you know um, very important cons- if you want to be able to communicate it- with consumers and every I mean, I think as we speak, there are probably like 11 or more states right now that are looking to implement the kinds of consent-based requirements that the state of California is already doing. So you got to be ahead of that, right? Hundred percent, and also think think about. I mean, you made a very good point, right? It's not just about the state of California; it's like every state that is coming in. So I think you need to think about um, how is it going to evolve as well. It's not just about what it is right now. So if you think about privacy by design, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, all of these come into the play, and also the partnerships that you establish internally with your infosec, with your legal, with your uh, privacy team is going to be a very important milestone for you to move faster, mm-hmm. because there are two things. when you are late in the game uh, one is about yes the technology has to be uh, at par but also sure. how fast can you move right okay. that's uh, that's the most important thing so uh, let's talk about some of these partnerships that Albertson Media Collective has established there are quite a number particularly for offsite retail media solutions with companies like Pinterest the Trade Desk and Citraset how exactly do you make these integrations work like what is going on in the background to bring these to life and make them meaningful for your your brand clients that are looking to invest in again connecting with Albertsons customers wherever they are on site or off site Awesome. So I think one of the biggest things as a retailer um, is the understanding of our consumers. Yeah. Like how do they shop with us? The frequency at which they shop with us. So there is already established infrastructure in terms of the retail commitment to the consumer. Right. Mm-hmm. If you think about the consumer and walk backwards, then what you're in, what you as a retailer have is the biggest infrastructure to understand the consumers, mm-hmm. making sure that we are delivering the solutions. Now, when you bring in the media construct, it's a B two B business, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are thinking about. about what is the brand objective yeah. what is the brand trying to do we have all of the information that we need for un- for the retailer to consumer relationship and how are we able to help the brand in getting to the consumer that they need is the solution that we do not have yet right that's what the media network is all about so what we think about when we are looking at partners is 
um the best thing that they the build or buy decisions is what we we always get stuck at right like hey mm-hmm. do we have to build the solution or do we have yeah. to buy um so i think that to me i think the integration comes into picture when you think when you have an open mind about um the opportunity cost as well like hey there is people out there there are tech vendors out there who have figured out a bidding algorithm for example right, right. like you spoke about citrus you spoke about google so they have already mastered what uh, has to be done in an rtb construct how does the programmatic work and all of that so what we uh, try to do is we will do what we are very good at which is retailer to consumer infrastructure that is already available the okay. shopper experience setting up of all of the e-commerce platform so when we think about infrastructure in integrating with adtech vendors yeah. now you think about how are you going to fit them into your ecosystem of e-commerce platform mm-hmm. i have a commerce platform i have an experience platform owned mm-hmm. and operated uh, uh operated martech solutions mm-hmm. i think we invest in that and then we partner with artech vendors who are bringing in a huge expertise in terms of programmatic in terms of figuring out the bidding algorithm so there's no reason why we'll have to spend even more time in creating a bidding algorithm ourselves so that would be a construct of hey why don't we partner instead of building it because now it might take like 2 years for us to go into maturing the solution whereas we can just partner and scale immediately so that's one of the biggest things that we think about and figure yeah. out what is the right way to approach this and the second thing is um privacy is always the first Im- first most important thing like yeah. how is the partner treating our customer data yeah. Yeah. how can we make sure that we are um holding on to the data as the most important thing is the first party data for the retailer okay. how are we going on going to host our uh, biggest uh, asset which is the first party mm-hmm. data mm-hmm. how is the partner treating our data yeah. how is the partner thinking uh, about integrations are they api first because mm-hmm. now you'll have to figure out how to decouple your solutions as well so going i mean not to go into too much details of api but i think the ability to an make an api stands for application programming interface yes, so that you can these are how different entities can connect in a in a uh in a frictionless way 100% and yeah. also decoupled way right like yeah. basically you only have a contract of here's what I'll give you here's what you need to respond with so there's kind with. of a set of rules that here's what I have here's what you have here's what you can have of mine here's what I can have of yours for a period of time and then that's how you get meaningful results that ultimately benefit Albertson's customers 100% and also you're abstracting that from like abstracting the information that is your asset from right. uh, from external technology partners right. so right. that they are only giving you information that you need and you're asking for the information that you need yeah that decoupling is how we keep ourselves safe right All right, that's great. Hey, I want to remind our audience that today I'm speaking with Srivanthi Mupidi, the Vice President of Engineering from Albertsons Media Collective. Okay, so let's dig a little deeper into privacy. It's obviously a major concern in the ever-expanding world of digital commerce. How does this concept of privacy translate into your ability to deliver audience addressability solutions to brands and what types of processes do you put in place particularly when it comes to this concept of like we talked about APIs but then we talked about clean rooms where they they can access some of this data to enrich the, the brand's own first party data um that will enable them to leverage that to drive insights and ultimately drive better activation so uh, clean rooms i think um is on one of the constructs of privacy that mm-hmm. the way i would like to think about it peter is like if you think about 
technologies in general. Mm-hmm. There is a technologies, they, they now call PET, and I'll tell you the acronym. Okay. <laughs> what okay. does that acronym mean? Yeah. Because I think ad tech throws a lot of acronyms at you, right? Yeah. So privacy enhancing technologies, they're okay. called PETs, right? So, okay. so there's a lot of privacy enhancing technologies. Uh, clean room is one of the construct. But before we go into the clean rooms, think about what does it mean yeah. uh, when you say privacy by design. So when there is a consumer, you, you're uh, having a conversation one-to-one, you're sending a message one-to-one, one, but you want to make sure that it's not, I'm talking to Peter, but I don't have to know who Peter is. Yeah. I just need to know the attributes of what P- Peter brings. He has a pet. He's um, He shops at Albertsons three times a week. And how so do the, you know I have a pet? You have it because you look at the data of what I'm buying. Exactly. I, right? it's so it's, For me, it's not so fascinating because I come from a world where demographics are not the mechanism by which decisions should be made. They are an indication of simply the fact of someone is, but it's not, a, it's really who you buy. That is what determines in my, in my 15 years in the space, what you should be activating on. Because just because income is my favorite, right? Income is not about a propensity to buy. Exactly. It's really just about a capacity to buy. And that's fundamentally different. So when you start thinking about using that and building in your targeting capability. 100%. That's very well said, Peter. So it's, I don't need to know that Peter has a pet. I just need to know that there is this person who has a pet who is uh, shopping shopping with Albertsons yep. twice a week and right. then he l- loves to buy pet food or like uh, there's like a number of people in your household probably does not matter but what matters is what are you shopping for that household yep. right yeah. so I think privacy enhancing technologies are anonymizing the information about the customer but thinking about the behavior of the customer and then trying to cater to the needs of the customer based on the behavior I have to imagine you have to spend when you start thinking about what you're going to make available to to third mm-hmm. parties, you have to set rules mm-hmm. for that interaction that are granular enough that they can get meaningful insights, but mm-hmm. not so granular that they can identify who the household is. So there's this kind of trade-off between, between what you're doing so that it's actionable, but not completely identifiable. 100%. And also, it's it's mutually beneficial as well. If you think about the value exchange that yeah. you get, Peter, it's mutually beneficial as well, right? If I'm browsing a website and I actually has, have been a past purchaser of a Pepsi or a Coke, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then it, it is... It's important for me to see that relevant information as right. a consumer. So I'm... Uh, but if... If it's a little creepy of, you know, hey, how come they know this information? Then mm-hmm. it, it just makes me uncomfortable because you're like addressing me personally in terms of I know exactly, hey, are you are you diabetic? Are you that becomes creepy, right? So that, there's a balance between how you want to identify an individual versus how you are messaging to them. So I think the privacy enhancing technologies are anonymizing all of the information of a consumer and making sure that we are catering to the relevance or pri- uh, personalization preferences and i might be uncomfortable that's where consent management platforms come into picture as well that's another privacy enhancing technology when you think about consent management is am i comfortable to share that information with you i have to honor that so then then comes the clean room concept as you indicated right that's another concept where we collaboration of the data from the brands like i might know part of information of what uh, the consumer is providing to me and the other half of uh, information could come from let's say i'm uh, as you i i buy um, I, i'm buying 
in a, a car uh, i'm in market for uh, mm-hmm. for an insurance so i might be able to get information which completes the complete profile or a 360 degree view of a consumer based on sharing of the data yeah. but then again the main important thing is how am i going to anonymize it's not just about like who the customer is what's the identity of the customer um and data sharing becomes like you know you share at a granularity but then you aggregate and then bring it back yeah. at an insight level right mm-hmm. like what kind of insight can you create without knowing the actual information of the consumer oh that's really great so let's switch and talk a little bit about performance metrics because mm-hmm. at the end of the day brands are going to invest in retail media platforms like Albertsons Media Collective based upon the performance that they're seeing coming out of it so your mm-hmm. colleague Claire Wyatt uh who by the way uh for our audience do you know that if you haven't heard Claire's episode you should it's our seventh most downloaded episode ever and growing she's eclipsed Evan i don't know it's probably, i hope he's not around because if he hears that he might get he might get a little a uh, little jealousy there but, uh <laughs> your resident rock star around marketing science Claire is a very strong advocate for robust performance measurement uh underpinning your commercial offerings how is your team involved in making sure that the platform is able to deliver the measurement components of ad tech oh uh, uh, the first thing i want to answer is yes uh, i'm i'm glad that uh, her episode is the most downloaded because i think she adds a lot of value in terms of you know what kind of uh, measurement uh, methodology should we be following and incrementality i think i would quote as one of the biggest ones that we have done in the last uh, we're going to have to make a hashtag incrementality every time we post claire on <laughs> on linkedin because that is that is her cause celeb yeah <laughs> incrementality with bayesian modeling who yes, would have thought, <laughs> thought about that So uh, just to answer like uh, I think my my team is behind the execution of mm-hmm. the methodology and yeah. then uh, we partner with Claire's team in thinking about hey is this best in class or what 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 does uh, what is the industry doing currently and how do we make sure that we get closer to the um, the closer to the answer of the return on ad spend uh, and also not just thinking about grading our own homework but how do we help brands um in understanding that this is the right mechanism because there's a lot of st- a uh, lot of com- media media networks doing measurement in their own way and there's not much of a standardization so uh, we are partnering clear uh, my team is partnering with clear's team and evans team of course uh, internally to see how can we bring standards to the measurement in the industry partnering with the external and internal teams mm-hmm. um and uh, what we do is uh, a bit of both right so adtech partners all come with a construct of measurement for sure. example if you think about google google yep. has a, every tool that google brings whether it's a ga or a campaign manager everything has a part of measurement that uh, that you you're confused on which one to use right sure. like hey sure. should i use ga it they, that gives me a last touch attribution or a first touch every model is available adobe every model is available and everywhere in between like i think about this that's another episode we're going to have to dig into because the first touch last touch attribution and then like what about everything that happens in between trying <laughs> to figure out how you attribute performance is that alone is a full time occupation 100% and think about it in terms of so if you're thinking about just one company as a consumer uh, the 
the consumers are everywhere. Like there are multiple touch points. So how mm-hmm. do I connect the journey? Sure. How do I understand On-site, the pathway? On-site, everything. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's about the availability of the data too. Now yeah. you throw in that, yeah. then it becomes very difficult to understand how sure. it So what we do is help Clear's team in, in figuring out how do we have the right data pipelines created mm-hmm. to capture, ingest, and connect the data to a way that she's able to um answer the question of the return on ad spend, incremental revenue or sales, and what are the right metrics to capture? Because your, your data collection and in, your data ingestion and your data curation capabilities depend on what kind of answers are you looking for and how can we organically grow for today you might want a different answer, tomorrow you might want another answer. Because and brands it's want different answers. One exactly. brand wants their measurement one way, another another way. Yeah. And they, as individual brands, want to be able to compare apple to apples across all their investments. So how they want to measure it may not necessarily be how brand B does. And in order to secure those investments for brands, you have to be responsive to their measurement requirements. 100%. And also, if you think about retailers are in a very, uh, it's in this, they're in the center of uh, two things, right? So one, we have to make sure the brand objectives are met. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. two, two, the media network has to also be responsible for making sure that the revenue to uh, to the retailer is, sure. is there. So the measurement is multifold, right? Like I yeah. have to show what is media network bringing to the retailer yep. and yep. how are we helping the brands. Okay. So basically, we partner with Claire's team in understanding what are the right metrics, what okay. are the metrics that matter, but how do we collect the data, set up the data pipelines, make uh, sure that okay. we have integrated analytics in the in in uh, in house, okay. helping both uh, brands and the uh, retail construct, and in, and at the end making sure customer is the one that Brilliant. is <laughs> that is served right. So. So this kind of all comes together with the brand investing in campaigns through Albertson's Media Collective. How does their need to amplify their brand, create a brand message, how do you help bring that to life in collaborating with brands so that they actually get a campaign that is designed to do exactly what they want if it's upper funnel awareness yep. or if it's repeat buying how do you how do how does how do you collaborate with the brands to some degree beyond the products you've created to create those meaningful campaigns? Good question, Peter. So uh, I think um, uh, this has been a great learning for me as well as we think about Mm -hmm. the brand journey, right? And I was indicating that um, the media network in itself is uh, an entry into a B2B market, right? Like this, we have had relationships with the consumers where we understand the consumer really well. And how do we translate as a growth objective for the brand is is a great learning from the media network standpoint, right? So when you think about that, um, so the... In originally, it was shopper marketing is how the retail media network started, and it was a lower right. funnel initiative, right. right? It's the purchase behaviors. You were yep. always focused on that. Yep. But the funnel is collapsing yep. as you think about it, right? Like it's yep. no, like it consumers are shopping everywhere. They're, like they're the, all over the place. Exactly. Yep. There's a hybrid shopper, the concept of hybrid shopper. That yeah, I think, I think there are too many people that think of shoppers as they're either one or the other. And it, to me, it's about trip missions. Exactly. It's about what I need at that particular products I need and the circumstances I'm under. And so I've got to figure out how I am addressing this hybrid shopper in, Hun- a, 
in a holistic way. 100%. And also, um, reaching the hybrid shopper is becoming difficult because of the identity challenges that we have right now with third-party data going away. Um, how does a brand reach a consumer to make sure that the right message is put in front of the right consumer at the right time is becoming difficult with third-party data loss, right? Yes. Like, you know, I would have gone to a DMP, a data management platform, mm -hmm. bought the data about... Right the Pepsi buyers in market for uh, yeah. Coke or uh, any other brand. But now that data is scarce. I cannot yeah, go We're buy. seeing a degradation. You think about television, right? The yeah. ability to, to reach a particular, you know, I hate using demographics, but I will in this case, the age demographic, the younger one, they are, they are increasingly part of a community that's being referred to as the unreachables. You can't reach them because they've disconnected from linear television. Yeah. So that's where you have to start creating these other partnerships, I have to imagine, 100%. to try and figure out where to get that data about those shoppers so that you can communicate with them. It's exactly. And also, you know the exact journey that the shopper is on. Yes. Is, like, is he in the awareness journey? Is he like, you spoke about repeat purchasers. Yes. How would I know, like, you know, yep. that he's a repeat purchaser? The retailers right. are, has the, have the best ability to figure that out. You have so, the most frequent connection to consumption of those shoppers 100%. of any retailer channel in the industry 100 percent, and also it's like uh, uh, freshness of the data too yep. like if you're going and buying a third-party data yep. from someone uh, you, you, who knows when that yeah. is collected and how sure. can you make sure your messages so i think that's one of the things that we are going to be able to help the brands i, I would like to say that this is going to be the growth engine for the brands sure. if you establish the right connectivity with the retailers sure. and my team is trying to help connect the technologies in all of that and making sure that the data, the quality of the data is really yeah. uh, high and also um, the understanding of the consumer throughout the journey and wherever, whichever touch point we have. I think that's going to be super important for the brands, especially with the where the industry is going. All right. So my last question is, let's look to the future, right? Um, would love for you to share with our audience some of the key capabilities or um, areas where you're looking at innovating around to support this great ad tech platform that you're creating at Albertson's Media Collective. We hear a lot of terms, chat GPT. Uh, <laughs> we hear terms like the metaverse. Like what are the what are the areas that that are intriguing you and, and why are they intriguing you? Oh my God! There's too many technologies out there that I would want to yeah. go and invest in. Kid in the candy store, so many exactly. Great things to so, do. like the shiny new object is always the always. best, right? <laughs> so, the uh, I, I think you brought up clean rooms in the start. Like privacy enhancing technologies are some things that we are constantly trying sure. to uh, sure. make sure because privacy by design is uh, is our motto. Yeah. Um, but if you if you ask me about the future focused technologies, there are mm -hmm. two things that I'm super interested in. Okay. Uh, one is blockchain. Yeah. And the other one is generative AI, like you spoke about chat GPT, but then in general, generative AI is taking pace. I think if I were um, at Shop Talk and I counted the number of times that chat GPT was referenced on stage, I think it was well over 100. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it, it was everything was talking about. But the question is, you know, like it's indicative of it's it's a component of artificial intelligence. So I'm really yeah. curious why those two in particular. What is yeah. it that you see as being potential? Definitely. So the, I'd start with blockchain, though. Because I think I know generative AI is like uh, such a huge concept and it's very, uh, very uh, new too. Um, I'll start with blockchain because uh, 
one of the biggest challenges in the advertising industry is the mm-hmm. fraud, right? And also, like, sure. how do you take um, the consumer intent? Like, we've uh, spoke, we've spoken about the number of ad tech partners that are uh, there to scale. Yep. Every time you go to a different partner, like the construct of what did I consent for as a consumer? Sure. How do you carry that over? Uh, uh, the yes. contract and the trust that you have with the consumer, how do you carry that over and honor uh, whether I consented or not is super important. So the concept of smart contracts from blockchain is actually super relevant for advertising industry. So I'm I'm very interested in thinking about how do we take that and um, and understand uh, the decentralization uh, and making sure that you are honoring the contracts is a very, uh, very intriguing concept for me, which I think the maturity also is there with blockchain okay. right now. Okay. Uh, if you think about like a couple of years ago versus now, there's like people who have experimented. So it might be uh, a better one. Yep. Second thing is generative AI, as you uh, as you know, it's it's pretty new and uh, everybody's trying their hand in. So you, you'll have to see how it pans out because um, everybody's trying to figure out what is the most value you can create with this still. Okay. So I'm interested to know where can we leverage it as much. It could be the, the biggest thing could be productivity, right? Yeah, it's a workforce multiplier. Exactly. It, yeah, absolutely it is yeah. in so many different ways. And we, we have a lot of work to figure out how that is. But I think intuitively that's where our minds go. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I want to remind our audience that uh, you should visit the CPG Guys website at cpgguys.com. You can find all of our content. And if you think you or your company has some thought leadership to contribute to our ongoing community discussion, drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com and maybe you can join us on a future episode of the podcast. Don't forget, while you're at cpgguys.com, on the navigation bar at the top, there's a section for ratings and reviews. Leave us a rating and write a review. We want your feedback. That helps us determine what are the topics that we cover on these episodes. And of course, thank you to the 21,000 and growing LinkedIn followers of our community. We're so grateful that you trust us to both educate and entertain you on a weekly basis. Cervanti, I want to thank you so much for joining us today at Possible here in Miami. I know you're going to be on stage in a workshop, actually. What are you going to be talking about? So we're talking about the journey, enabling retail media network and the journey through that. Uh, Evan and I will be on stage. And thank you for having me here, uh, Peter. And uh, I, I really enjoyed having you. Uh, oh, it was a great conversation. conversation. We always love talking to Albertsons Media Collective. And you've added a different angle this time uh, and uh, setting a trend. Are you, are you giving me the jacket? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Everybody wants the jacket. We're going to have to. I'm going to have to place a big order for these. Anyhow, thanks so much for joining us and to our audience. We greatly appreciate you being with us. Look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers 
or the entity they represent. CPT Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.